I'm here with my guest, Dr. Dennis Merritt-Jones, and we're talking here in part two of this interview about spiritual matters, redefining ourselves. We've talked about his book, uh, Your Redefining Moments, How Becoming Who You Are Born to Be. And we were talking about taking time to be with yourself and to actually have some discovery about these things. And I, I'd like to continue that conversation for a moment because people need to get in the way of this, don't they? It's not a one-time thing. It's something no, that you have to do frequently. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a lifestyle. To, be, to live consciously and proactively and, and with a willingness to challenge your thoughts. That's why emotional awareness is so important because your emotions will tell you what's going on in your mind. Your, your body will report to your mind what's going on, but you have to be sensitive enough to see it, interpret it, and challenge it. Yes. You know, um, my partner and I wrote a book called Soul Solitude, Taking Time for Our Souls to Catch Up. Mm -hmm. And so frequently, that's not something that we do. You know, in the hustle and bustle of daily life, or just in certain stages of life when your business, you're working in your business or your job and you have children and, you know, so many things are calling your attention, to be able to set time aside to actually be as opposed to do <laughs> is sometimes something that people just say, oh, I don't have time for that. But why would they? make time what would be the most compelling reason that would cause them to maybe reconsider that dennis because they must arrive at an awareness that they're worthy of it that they're, that they're worth investing that time and energy uh in in healing their own uh wounded self if you will that that has been defined by other people mm -hmm. and what do you think happens to people if they never make this inquiry well they they live from the outside in and the world defines them and they're always going to be a slave to that. That's not a very happy thought for folks that they're always going to be a slave to the expectations of others. So, so to liberate ourselves requires tremendous courage, tremendous courage. It, it, there's no getting around that. It takes courage to do that, but you also can align yourself with people who can be your cheerleaders, people who really know where you're going, why they've been there themselves. Let them, cheer you on let them be part of your support team that that encourages you and holds you accountable for standing in a higher truth about yourself and we all need cheerleaders i love the fact you brought that word up because we need to surround ourselves with people who actually want us to move forward in life they have our best interest in life and, and Roberta, that's one of the biggest problems you know there's an old saying keep your goals from the trolls <laughs> <laughs> Don't share where you want to go with your life with people that you know are going to undermine it and kick sand on it. It's just you have to be more mindful and, and diligent about who you uh, invite to be your support team. But they're out there. Get a mentor. You know, some, I'm sure you're, some of your clients uh, look to you as, as being the mentor for that cheerleading aspect of, of their lives, as I do with my mentoring clients. Mm -hmm. And having someone who will lead you in this process is great. Obviously, Dennis is one of those people. And make sure that you go to his website at DennisMerrittJones.com. And Merritt is spelled with two R's and two T's. <laughs> Dennis with two N's. So everything's double that you would expect. <laughs> DennisMerrittJones.com. And uh, learn more about his books and learn about his mentoring. So 
You know, we've both been involved in spiritual organizations over a long period of time. And sometimes everybody, of course, is growing at different rates. But sometimes people get stuck in those organizations. Or sometimes someone joins an organization looking for a sense of power. Have you found that to be true? Oh, absolutely. And it's not just the leadership. Oftentimes, you know, volunteers in churches really need to look at why they're volunteering. You know, is it to be to gain approval and love of the minister or other people in the church, or is it because you're really called to serve in this a unique and special way? Too often we volunteer because we think that that's how we're going to get earn love, and that's that's the wrong motivation to get involved in volunteering. Now, from a, a leadership perspective, no question, a lot of people find their way on to, into levels of leadership, be it whether it's be a minister or or a board of dr- trustees or, or uh, some other leadership role in the spiritual community that's where they garner their power uh and i don't that's not to say that that happens all the time but it does happen often and so we have to be able to identify others when we're looking to them uh, and giving our power to them because they're in a position of power that we believe we need to have their approval or acceptance or love to be all right Yes, it's certainly been my experience that I think probably everybody can relate to the person who is takes on a small job in the, in the church and then owns that job in a wonderful way, but then owns it to the point of trying to override everybody else. So they're looking for that moment where they get their say and they get validation for who they are. And sometimes um, they can be pushy and difficult too. I mean, churches are not exempt from that kind of behavior, which which is always a bit of a surprise to me, even after all the years that I've worked in those organizations, is, you know, you hear these messages, you listen, you supposedly read, you gather that there are ways of being that are filled with love and collaboration and openness and non-judgment. <laughs> and then you find yourself in a situation where all those things are just the opposite sometimes, don't you? Which is why self-inquiry is such a valid practice. If you're looking to become engaged in an organization where you're going to serve, you know, in in the East there's a word called seva, which is a Sanskrit word. It means selfless service dedicated to God. When you get involved in a church with the desire to serve, be sure that that's your intention, not to garner the approval or the love or appreciation of those around you. And the same could be said for the leaders of the church, too. They need to be clear on, on what, what truth they are speaking from when they extend themselves to their congregations. And I've had several people in my practice, Dennis, which is um, helping the partners, the exes, and the adult children of these toxic people, um, who have been with people, either their parents or their partner, who have become kind of... Um, taken a leadership role in a church and then what happens with hijackals is they put on this incredible public face Mm -hmm. and then at home they are not that they are demeaning and degrading and downputting and and uh, when you go in the situation then a couple goes to church one of the partners has a position of power And then they try to use that power to further demean their partner. And then that partner can't get anyone to hear 
that they're being treated poorly because of course that light that person who's who's in that position of power would never treat somebody poorly at home right which is why it's important to, to build your inner strength and let go of the need to have those around you understand or approve of what you're doing Right. And also, it's very important to be able to take that inner strength and know when it's time to move on into a different situation. Sometimes I find that people get trapped, um, particularly the people who have been with hijackals, they'll go to a spiritual organization and somehow they find the justification of unconditional love. And so they'll say, oh, well, I, you know, I just have to love this person more. Now, there's an equal number of male and female hijackals, so I'm not using any pronouns. But, you know, if I just love them more, if I'm more patient with them, I'm less demanding, I'm more nurturing, you know, you've got all these things that you can turn yourself into a pretzel, then that person will change. And that other person has absolutely no intention of ever changing. Unconditional love doesn't be, mean being a doormat. No. Unconditional love sometimes calls you to the highest part of loving yourself first, and so much so that you give yourself permission to step back from that relationship. That's hard. But if you love yourself enough, you'll do what's right for you first. Yeah, I like the way you said that, Dennis. And Loving yourself is not an egotistical, narcissistic thing. That's not what we're talking about. We're saying that you have value, that you have needs, you have the right to say what you think, feel, need, and want. You have the right to take up space and draw breath. (laughs) Nobody has the right to tell you that you don't. This is what we're talking about, loving yourself. We're not talking about... Uh, narcissism we're not talking about uh, self-centeredness and and Roberta if you're coming from that place of of, uh, your authentic self actualizing that unique being that you were the moment you were born and you're bringing into the world you'll love yourself enough to to be that courageous to to reveal that part of who you are to the world because that's part of how you're going to fulfill your purpose. And you'll never fulfill that purpose by kowtowing or allowing others to garner your power and to, to uh, be the troll under the bridge. Yeah. Well, you know, this is, this is powerful conversation for those people who may have got things a little bit twisted and been helped to have things a little bit twisted around unconditional love. You know, I, you can make yourself feel very, very badly if you think that you deserve to be treated badly because you are doing it in the guise of being unconditionally loving. In other words, I'll put up with anything. I'll take whatever you give me because I am going to be this beam of unconditional love. And that just simply is not on, is it? No. No. I think that a lot of times, you know, we in relationships, we tend to demonstrate in our lives those who will create conditions that will reinforce what we believe to be the truth about ourselves. And if we're unworthy, we're going to draw somebody into our lives. who's going to treat us that way. So as within, so without, you know, we need to kind of up our game with who we, who we know ourselves to be. You might find yourself drawing a different kind of person into your life who will resonate and respect with reverence that person. Well, you said a mouthful there when you said that, you know, we'll attract because 
you know, my books are back there. You've written many books. I've written many books. The book, the yellow book back there is called What You Pay Attention to Expands. So where you are in your mind, what you're focused on, what your intentions are, where you're going is so important. And that's what I love about your new book, Your Redefining Moments, um, because you really sounds like it's a workbook. It can take someone to really do some self-inquiry and get this understanding of themselves, which is so very important. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's a journey of shifting your consciousness, your belief system. You don't change a belief system. Uh, if you're 40 or 50 years old, you don't change your, your, the, the established belief system you're living in in a week or a two-week class. It's a process <laughs> of daily continuing to feed yourself new thoughts and ideas that will create a different type of belief system for yourself. And that, that takes work, but it's possible to do. Consciousness is everything. That's what we need to be working at as a level of consciousness to change our beliefs about what is in the world. Because as I said, as within, so without. Yes. And I remember early on when you wrote the art of being, you know, such an important beginning place. So I really want to thank you. I think we've got lots of great ideas for another conversation in the new year, Dennis, and I hope you'll join us. It's so important to look at ourselves as whole people and the spiritual aspect of ourselves has to be looked at, uh, whether you define that as simply your connection to nature and the larger world, or you define it as your your uh, allegiance to a particular um, belief system. But it's very important to consider. So thank you so much for being with us. And um, oh, thank you, thank you. Um, <clears throat> I love it when this alarm goes off. <laughs> it just will not stop and it just keeps making a horrible noise. Um, but let's just ignore that for a minute. And um, I want to tell people again, go to DennisMerrittJones.com and learn more about Dennis and his fabulous work and find him and go to hear him speak or have him be your mentor. Thanks so much for being with us, Dennis. Thank you. Good to see you, my friend.